If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back, everyone, to Braves Dugout Podcast on the Braves Country Cooking feed, now part of the Fans First Sports Network. Super excited about that. This week we're talking about something extremely fun. I just want to remind you all to like and subscribe so that people that don't know this exists yet will be able to see the show easily. Thanks so much. Today we're going to talk about the pitch clock yet again, but it's going to be coming from a different angle. And I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to dig deep into things like injuries and things like that. And I can't wait to get started. So with that, let's go. So before we get started, I know that you guys have, most of you have been following me since the start of this podcast and you've seen a lot of great things happen in my life and I'm super thankful for what God has blessed me with. But if you didn't know, this past week I got elected for office here in my hometown of Lynn Haven, Florida. I'm now going to be part of the Lynn Haven City Commission. It's very similar to what other cities will call city council or things like that. And I'm super excited to jump on board and help my city and the citizens in any way I can. So if any of you that supported me through this long campaign of six months or so, I really appreciate you all. And I can't wait to get started helping my community in that capacity. So again, thanks so much. But that's not why you came here. I just wanted to give you a little life update since 
We've kind of been in this thing together from the beginning. No worries, this podcast is still going full swing and all that. Just wanted to give you a little life update. So like I said in the intro, today what I want to talk about is the pitch clock. My good friend from the Atlanta Braves dugout Facebook group, the admin, one of the admins there, brought this subject up to me, so I obviously want to give him a shout-out and some credit for bringing it to my attention. But he was talking about, he messaged me on Facebook, and I was like, hey Sam, what do you think about the all the injuries that are happening this year? Because we're in a fantasy baseball league together. And it's crazy, a lot of pitchers are injured. Like, I probably have, it's hard, I can't even keep my injured list, or really my bench. I have to keep so many players on my bench that are injured because my injured list is full of pitchers. And uh, all across the league. And so he was like, do you think the pitch clock has anything to do with that? I'm like, man, I really got to dig into that. And he sent me uh, Spotrack's version of being able to track it which is a really cool tool, and so I'm going to share that with you all, and we're going to dig into it and see what it really means. So, Lee, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention, and guess what? It's on the podcast, so I appreciate you. I do want to start this off by saying, though, that this isn't like an anti-pitch clock thing or anything like that. I'm not here to say that, oh, the pitch clock should stop, and it's the worst thing to happen to baseball. To be honest with you, I don't really have a true opinion on that. Uh... Yeah, I miss that games were longer because people that paid to watch them got more for their money and things like that. And that was one thing I did enjoy about baseball is there was no true time limit at all. And it was the only major sport that way. And so, yeah, there's some things I miss about the pre-pitch clock era, but I'm not here to try to advocate against it. That's not what I'm trying to do. There's just some data that was brought to my mind or brought to me by my friendly and I wanted to do a deep dive on it and kind of see if there is a connection here you know uh, we don't know, we only have enough data so far from just one season so we can't say for certain but because uh, over this the history of Major League Baseball there's a lot of variables involved and there's a lot of history there so we don't know for certain but we're gonna dig into these numbers and see if we can find a trend because ultimately we're looking for trend analysis here We already know that it can, not all pitchers, but it can affect some pitchers in general of just their performance. We've seen with A.J. Minter going from a top five relief pitcher in all of baseball in terms of Fangraph's win above replacement to completely losing it this season. He currently has a negative 0.8 wins above replacement with a 7.40 ERA. It's not like it's a small sample size. He leads the league in games played or games pitched, and he has 20.2 innings pitched. It is a somewhat small sample size because it's early in the season, but still not looking good for him. We also talked about with him in the past that he really, where he really struggled and was going to struggle to keep up with the pitch clock is when there was runners on base. He averaged way above what a pitch clock penalty would be when there were runners on base. And a lot of people believe that's because he was giving his arm a few extra seconds of rest in between each pitches, each pitch. And that's coming to fruition with, with men on base. Hitters are, have a batting average of 406, an on-base percentage of 432, and an OPS of 1.026. He's making hitters look like all-stars facing him when there are runners on base 
The hitters have a 184 OPS plus against him. When when runners are on base, that's 84% above league average in terms of OPS. That's that's MVP level production. Whereas when there aren't any runners on base, runners or batters are hitting 188 batting average, 235 OBP, and an OPS of only 506, which is an OPS plus of 42, meaning that hitters have an OPS that is 68% below league average when there's no runners on base. So once he has a runner on base and he doesn't have that time that he's used to having, he's struggling, right? So that's one trend to look at there. So pitchers like A.J. Minter might be feeling rushed and that might result in more injuries. So let's look at Spotrac's numbers and see what we're looking at here. Okay, so... The way Spotrac does it, and I really like it, is they have it to where it shows the total number of players that have been injured, and you can sort it by position. So we can look at pitchers, and you can look at, and it breaks it up by starting pitchers and relief pitchers, right? And then it shows not only the number of players that have been injured, but also the number of days they've been injured. So, of course... Uh, what we can do is we can look at those numbers. Oh, and it looks at how much money is been spent for players on the injured list, which I thought was really fun. Uh, guys like, you know, there's going to be big money because of guys like Jacob DeGrom, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, etc. being on the aisle. But anyways, uh, what we can do here is we can look at how far we are into the season and we can extrapolate it out and see at this rate, how many players and how many days are going to be injured or how, how, it's, how much it's going to accumulate to, to this season and compare it to other seasons and see if this year has a red flag compared to the rest. So let's look at last season because that's obviously the closest to this season. So we can see with mostly the same players and play style other than changing the shift, which doesn't affect pitchers as far as injuries go. And then the pitch clock, which is the big one. But let's look at last season's numbers. Last season, we had a grand total of 427 people be injured. And by people, I mean pitchers. That's both accumulation of starting pitchers and relief pitchers. 427 pitcher Injuries, as and these are individual players, okay, not just injuries themselves. And that was good for 30,738 days combined on the injured list. And that was 486232233 dollars that was spent on players that were on the injured list last year. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of players. No doubt about it. You know, it's kind of eye-opening why you don't take big gambles on players that are injury-prone right here. So that's kind of a, a base point of a recent season that we can base our current season on. But I also want to go back a few years just so we want to eliminate anomaly seasons like this one could possibly be. In 2021, there was 489 players that got injured for a cumulative of 31,849 days. And 
The total amount of money spent on players on the injured list was $476,373,039. What this tells me is that people like Tyler Glass now that said, oh, well, taking away sticky stuff is going to injure more pitchers. That wasn't actually the case. It doesn't appear, at least based on just the two years, right? So I don't think that sticky stuff resulted in more injuries. So we're going to jump back to 2019. 2020, of course, was the COVID season, and so these numbers aren't really going to mean anything unless you extrapolate stuff out. Which we could do if you want to go back and do the math, you can, that's fine. I suggest you doing that. It's just, it's a smaller sample size, which means there could be more variables along the way, which means it's not as accurate of data. In 2019, we see that there was a lot fewer injuries. 313 injuries total. However, they were for a lot of days. 38,747 days on the I.L., and there's quite a bit of money that was lost this season due to the number of days, not the total of injuries, of 564809247 dollars spent on players on the injured list. This had to do with high-priced relievers being injured mostly. But as you can see, total days-wise, it's not that much different. From the other two seasons so we can kind of eliminate sticky stuff as being a red flag of removing sticky stuff causing injuries okay so now we've gotten data from these past three seasons and again I want to tell you what 2022 is just to keep it fresh in your memory so that you can see the difference between 2022 because we know that 2022 2021 and 2019 were not very different from each other but again 2022 had 427 players injured, 30,738 days on the IL, $486 million in on, spent on players on the IL. So far this year, which at the time of this recording is about 46 games in to a 162-game season, already there's 220 players that have been injured that are pitchers, and already there's been 7,700 and 11 days from players spent on the injured list. Already, there's been 160862025 dollars spent on players on the injured list. Now, let's extrapolate that out. That's a total of 774 injuries. 774. The highest among any of the other seasons up to this point that I listed, none of them even came close to 450. And we're already up to seven. This would extrapolate out to 774 injuries over an entire season. What's interesting, though, is that it seems to be more short-term injuries, not necessarily long-term injuries. Because as far as days go, days spent on the injured list, it looks like, of course, there are variables here because we don't know that based on this data, it would take a very, very long time to research which injuries are 60-day, which are 15-day, etc. But as far as days that have spent on the IL so far, and you extrapolate that out across an entire season, it's 27,142, which is actually lower than the other seasons. 
So what it appears that we're seeing here is there's much more injuries much more often, but not necessarily long injuries for each pitcher. And uh, that's because we have not seen uh, that many Tommy John surgeries so far this season. I don't believe uh, we haven't seen like a Mike Soroka injury and things like that. A lot of the injuries we've been seeing are things like uh, inflammation. And of course, it does make sense that there'd be a lot of shoulder fatigue or arm inflammation or elbow inflammation, what have you, because of having to speed up pitches because you have to pitch faster. Because as we know, that a lot of pitchers will slow down their pace because every second matters when it comes to resting your arm, especially if you're a fireball pitcher that throws the ball really hard. So this does make sense in my mind that we're seeing much more injuries but fewer days per injury that are happening this year. Ultimately, that could be a good thing, I guess, in a sense for pitchers because if you're going to be injured, I guess it'd be better for it to be a short-term injury, but we don't we haven't seen the effect so far over multiple seasons. As of right now, only 46 games in, we're seeing almost double the amount of injuries over the past few years. And if we look back a few years to 2019, it's more than double the injuries so far up to this point. And as money-wise, so far we're on pace for 566 million. $234,328 spent on players on the injury list. That's a lot of money uh, of, out of all the seasons that we've looked at since 2019. That one would rank first, right? So, of course, there is inflation that has happened. You know, the league minimum has gone up. So, I wouldn't say if you include inflation, it's not ranked first. It would be ranked second among the, uh, as far as money goes um, since 2019. But one thing I do want to mention is that this data goes all the way back to the year 2015. But I don't know if you remember back around 2015, 2016, 2017, relief pitchers were not being used as often. That So you're not going to see as many injuries because there's not as many different pitchers being put into games. And so that is something to consider. Right, If you're looking at older years like 2015, there's obviously not going to be as many injuries, there's not going to be as many days on the I.L., and there's not going to be as much money spent on the I.L. However, that's why it was important to look at since 2019 when relief pitchers have really been starting to be used more and more often back when the Rays started using openers, the Braves use openers. Uh, it, the trend is more and more pitchers used we're seeing on 26-man rosters, and that's another point. There used to only be 25-man rosters, now there's 26-man rosters. And, of course, that spot is typically taken up by another relief pitcher. So more and more pitchers are being used more and more often. So that is something to consider. Of course, if there's more in pitchers pitching, there's a higher probability of more pitcher injuries. However, like I said, since 2019, it's kind of been about the same as far as pitcher usage uh, obviously, it's not exactly the same, but it's around the same enough that 774 is eye-opening. I mean, if you go back to 2015, you can really see a difference. Just for reference, only 240 injuries and only 18,119 days on the I.L. So you can see there's a big difference back in 2015 versus now. I don't think 
that if you were to look at 2015, you could just say purely on that that it's the pitch clock because of the pitcher usage. But when we look at the difference between 2022, when sticky stuff was no longer being allowed, and so you can take that variable out, you can take and you can see that the usage of pitchers is a lot closer in 2022 in 2023 than say 2015 and 2023 we can really see by taking more and more variables out that there's obviously the biggest change has been for pitchers health has been the pitch clock that's not to say it's certain but it's definitely a factor 774 is a lot all right let's take a little break and then we'll jump back into it Before we moved on, I wanted to point out that a few weeks ago, well, I guess I should say before the season started, or early in the season, I wrote an article for Battery Power about the top five Braves, or maybe it was the top three Braves, that need to adjust for the pitch clock. But then that article, I noted that of former Braves, Kenley Jansen actually had the, the longest tempo. So... He actually had a longer tempo than A.J. Minter, so I thought it was important to point out that he's also had to make a, a huge adjustment as well because he was even slower than A.J. Minter. Of course, he has that long, drawn-out, you know, whenever he sticks his arm out like that, it's long and drawn-out, so that adds to the tempo itself too, But and that would not factor into the pitch clock. So his time is a little, his tempo is a little bit, off than the normal pitcher just because that long drawn out wind up or stretch or whatever on both sides of it either way there was more time in between pitches for Kenley Jansen than even AJ Minter and remember AJ Minter on average with runners on base had uh, two seconds longer than the allowed time in the pitch clock before the pitch clock era so it would have been two seconds longer than would have been allowed for the pitch clock, so on average he would have got given a free ball out every single pitch by a full two seconds. And Kenley Jansen was even slower than that. So I thought it'd be fun to look back on Kenley Jansen too, since he's a former Brave and now pitching for the Red Sox. His ERA is not terrible at 3.68, but check this out. His strikeout to walk ratio is a 1.7, which is the worst of his entire career. In fact, he's only had two that were even close to it in 2021 for the Dodgers which was his I would argue is his his worst one of his worst seasons if not his worst he had a 2.39 strikeout to walk ratio and the other one that was even closest way back in 2010 when he only pitched 27 innings and it was a 2.73 other than that we, he's had seasons where his strikeout-walk ratio was 15.57, 10.0, 9.49. You know, he's had, normally his bread and butter is striking out way more batters than he's walked. This year, his walks per nine is the highest of his career at 6.1. The second closest to that was 5.0 way back in 2010. That's the second closest, right? And also his whip which is a 1.636, which is absolutely terrible, is by far the worst of his career. His second closest was a 
back in 2020. He's giving up more hits this season than any season in his career, and his FIP is the second worst of his career. So I just want to say, be encouraged that A.J. Minter is not the only one that's struggling with the pitch clock. And also, it's not like Kenley Jansen would have been the savior for the Braves if he would have stayed on the roster. He would have been having the A.J. Minter effect, just like A.J. Minter is. Although I do have to say, to be fair, his underlying metrics are much better, better than A.J. Minter's. So over time, he probably would have been better than A.J. Minter. But up to this point, it's about the same as far as... Things like walks and strikeouts and things like that. He, he slightly better than A.J. Minter, but you get what I'm saying. But back to the injuries, since we talked about Kenley Jansen, if you noticed, the two people I talked about were relief pitchers. And if you look at the pitchers with the slowest tempo last year, a large majority of them were relief pitchers. And really, my conclusion on that is that Typically, relief pitchers, the reason they are relief pitchers is because they throw the ball at maximum effort more often than starters do. So what that means is every second that they can rest their arm matters. So they take their time and rest their arm. Now, of course, they do take extra time, too, when runners are on base to look them down and all that. But overall, relief pitchers take more time in between pitches because they're giving maximum effort on every pitch. And that's why you've seen some pitchers that were starting pitchers switch over to relief pitchers and had a very successful career afterwards, is they are able to give maximum effort for a few innings and not really truly worry about the endurance aspect of it all. And so with that, they have to rest their arm in between pitches. At least, theoretically, that makes sense. And to me, that's why I think that a lot of relief pitchers are getting injured this year. So things like... uh, Sore, you know, inflammation and things like that happen when you don't get to rest your arm as much. And, and more injuries, of course. But as we were seeing, a lot of the injuries were more short-term injuries than long-term injuries because by far there are more total injuries. But as far as days of players on the injury list, it doesn't seem to be an anomaly. So, Or at least standing on its own of a season. So let's look at the total of relief pitchers and see what picture that paints. Right off the bat, we can see that this year, we are on pace for 415 relief pitchers to be injured. That's almost as much as the entire amount of pitchers injured in the previous few seasons. There are 427 total injuries in 2022, like we said, and 489 in 2021 and right now we're on pace for 450 relief pitcher injuries just by themselves this year so obviously it's affecting relief pitchers at a high rate but truly to see if it's more relief pitchers we already know it's going it's affecting a lot of relief pitchers but i also want to look and see is it more relief pitchers than starting pitchers percentage wise there's a way to look at that too so what we can see is what percentage of pitcher injuries over the past few years have been relief pitchers versus starting pitchers. So let's start at 2021 because that's the season we just talked about. In 2029, 59.9% of injuries were relief pitchers. Of course, keep in mind, this is there's a pretty high level of variables here since so many relief pitchers are used versus starting pitchers. But 
it is something interesting to look at. Again, 59.5% of pitchers in 2021 that were injured were relief pitchers. Now let's move on to 2022. In 2022, 57.6% of all pitchers that were injured were relief pitchers. So not a huge difference between those two years, 59.5 and then 57.6. And of course, there wasn't a huge change in there in between those two years other than the sticky stuff. So I would say that there was, there's not a huge argument for the sticky stuff specifically being for relief pitchers there in between those two years over starting pitchers. For this season, of course, we're only about a quarter of a way through. So, well, almost a third of the way through, really. But with that being said, it's a much smaller sample size, so keep that in mind. However, this season so far, the percentages have been 54.4%. So, it appears that pitch clock, even though there's a much higher level of injuries, it's not specifically for relief pitchers. So that is kind of fun to do this study in action with you guys rather than I wanted to kind of do it live action as I'm recording to kind of see what my reaction would be to this study so far. And even though pitchers that are in the relief role seem to need to rest their arms longer because their tempo is longer, it doesn't seem that the pitch clock itself is causing more injuries to specifically relief pitchers. In fact, the percentage is lower this year than it's been. Uh, when I say percentage, I mean percentage of overall pitcher injuries does not seem to lean the needle towards relief pitchers this year, but starting pitchers, which is interesting. Even though we're on pace for a record number of pitcher injuries, it does not seem that it is more so relievers than it is starting pitchers. So that's really interesting. It'd be fun to dig into that one even further as the season goes on and see if it's just an anomaly for the first third of the season of the amount of injuries. This will be fun to revisit at the end of the season to see how the trends have changed. If, you know, there was just like a lump sum of injuries at the beginning of the year and if it slows down, how it affects relievers versus starters over an entire season. It's going to be interesting, very interesting. I shouldn't have used the word fun because we never want to see players get hurt, but it is always interesting to look at these trends because we do want to keep these players safe as well. So I hope this is something that Major League Baseball is looking at, and I'm sure that they are, but in case they need to make an adjustment because, like I said earlier, the biggest change between the last two seasons and this season is the pitch clock, and we're seeing a massive amount of injury increased. I want to take this time and thank Lee Reynolds. He asked a question last uh, episode, but this he really put this idea into my head. I can't wait to have him on the show. He always comes up with great ideas, so it's going to be fun to get him on the show. We're, we're work, that's in the works, so... So uh, look forward to that. And I want to leave you with this one last thing. Jesse Rogers on Twitter posted that there were 270 injured list stints through April, the most in 40 years. The increase was all with pitchers, 180 compared to 143 last year. And the Mets led the way with 12 injured list stints by pitchers. So the, the Mets have been hit really hard, but it is interesting that it's been the highest in the last 40 years. 
Uh, it was also mentioned that it could be due to the fastball velocity being the highest it's been ever in the month of April. So could it be the fastball? Could it be the pitch clock? Could it be a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. But the pitch clock has had an effect. And this is not, again, trashing the pitch clock. I'm not picking one side or the other. I think there's pros and cons to it. But this is just pointing out that it does have an effect on injuries. And it's just something to keep in mind for the future. And it's something to look forward to studying at the end of the season to see if any adjustments need to be made. And I think that Major League Baseball hopefully will do their due diligence and if they realize that they need to adjust the pitch clock, because I don't think that the pitch clock is going away, if they need to adjust it in one way or the other to preserve pitchers' arms, I think that is in the best interest of Major League Baseball. Even though attendance has been up, the highest has been in six years, I think there's some variables in play there. Is it just the pitch clock? No. I think that the pitch clock plays a big part, but it also there are also factors in that some of the America's most popular teams are really good this year. Uh, like the Braves, for example, when they're bad, the attendance is going to be down across the league because they're well known for selling out stadiums when the team is good. But either way, it's just been a really interesting study to make this past week, and so thanks, Lee, for the idea. And I enjoy stuff like this. So if anyone else has any more ideas that you want me to dig into, shoot them to me. And I'd be happy to look into them. I don't need to come up with all the ideas on my own. I love doing research in general. So this was a lot of fun. Alright, that's this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the new podcast feed, Braves Country Cooking, part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm so excited. Tell your friends to subscribe and like and continue to listen to the show. Thanks so much. You can find the show at Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter or my personal Twitter at Sports. You can email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com for any business inquiries or ads or things like that. And you can find all the other information about the show in the show notes. We have a website, Facebook pages, all that jazz. So, again, I really appreciate it. And as always, go Braves.